0: There's an old adage that most pastors have heard at one time or another during their career. Don't quit on Monday. Mondays are hard for pastors because of armchair quarterbacks letting you know what you did wrong, second-guessing whether or not your message was good enough, and then preparing a relevant prophetic message to deliver that'll be well-received in the next seven-day cycle. Thanks for listening. As I chat with Tori Farina in this episode called Tuesdays Are Better... Welcome to our podcast. I'm Rick Shields, your host and the director of The Doorways Leadership and Influence Network. I'm pleased to have Tori Farina, who along with his wife, Elizabeth, are the founders and executive directors of Rev Fresh, a nonprofit organization that strives to refresh ministry leaders through tangible resources that meet personal needs and encourage generous living. Tori, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Well, thank you. It's fun to be a part of your podcast, and I know you not as the director of this awesome
0: podcast, but I know you as Uncle Rick. Well, that's true. We're related, and yeah, thank you for being with me, nephew. Yes. And you know, Tori, I've known you for quite a while, long before you were part of our family. You grew up in the home of an itinerant evangelist uh, family that Sheila and I met, wow, over 40 years ago when we were on the staff of a church in Southwest Minnesota. You and Elizabeth have years of pastoral ministry experience. You've worked in mega churches. You've planted two churches from scratch. In addition, you've been a part of various for-profit and non-profit boards. I know that you've seen ministry from a lot of different perspectives, Story, Healthy and unhealthy. You've seen pastors and ministers who were thriving, others who were striving, and those who were dying. Not the physical end of life kind of death, but the emotional financial end of a dream kind of death. So I understand that Rev Fresh is the kind of organization that hopes to lift up the hands of those ministers that are in the throes of death and bring new life into their current situation. Do I understand that correctly? Is that what that's really all about?
1: yeah i'm not sure just to go back i mean i think uh 40 years you know i went to my first youth camp when we were two weeks old so some of those i'm not as old as as you make me sound but together my wife and i she grew up in evangelist a missionary home i grew up in a evangelist home so i've seen the gamut i've lived the gamut you know we've planted two churches like you said we've been on staff at various size churches when we were young We've experienced leadership that uh, didn't live up to what our idealized perspective of leadership is. We've kind of walked through a lot of that. But but I think RevFresh, what we seek to do is to come alongside those who are, uh, sometimes they don't even know they're weary, but for sure they feel isolated. And to let them know that not only do do we love them, but their network, their district, their denomination sees them and knows them. There's a, a point at which ministers and people in general are in kind of that desperate, beyond where we can help. They need deeper therapeutic help. They need rehabilitation, uh, whether that's a sin issue or some of those things. We don't get too deep into those woods. That tends to be what a credentialing body does better. So we kind of look at ourselves as that bottom 10%, that's for the district and for their denomination. We're in that, you know, kind of mid- 40 to 60 percent range of of those in ministry that are just grinding just doing God's work in a in a city they're called to to people that they are called to and we seek
0: to just lift them up and refresh them in that journey yeah notice on your website and, and let me point that out rev fresh so it's R-E-V is in Victor revfresh.org. There is a number of unsettling statistics that, that are listed on the website. Could you share some of those statistics with us? Some of that information, more than just numbers, some of that information, maybe give us some context.
1: Well, it's interesting. You know, I was doing research when we launched the ministry and I was on the U.S. census data. And what I realized was the average minister, according to U.S. census data, makes less income than the average school teacher in their region. So the average minister makes less income than the average school teacher in the region. And the reason I bring that up, and that's important, is because we all know how valuable school teachers are. School teachers make an income that uh, I think everybody agrees is too light, and yet it's representative of that community. And so to say that most pastors make less, I think that's indicative of a challenge that we see throughout ministry. And I know you've seen this, Rick, as you've worked with with hundreds of ministers thousands where sometimes finances tend to lead people in directions that may not always lead to health and vibrancy and so when we're under the gun we either trust the lord or we start to make some decisions where our trust relies on other things, and that's where things can get dangerous. So we see an opportunity to lift up economically, and so predominantly our ministry works in that economic component. We also see, and I just got some new numbers from the ministers that we've helped over the last year, 90% of those we've helped with have put off an important purchase or expense in the last 12 months due to financial limitations. So when you've got people, and and Tim Keller talks about this, he says in one of his sermons on the Beatitudes that Christians, if they're living out their Christian faith financially, their economics, their lifestyle should be impacted. We know that. Uh, If you tithe, I mean, your tithe, my tithe, when we do that, we step out in faith, that's going to impact our life. But ministers, I'm seeing that it impacts their life to live out of ministry in a much more intense way than the average parishioner. You know, I just saw a statistic, Ed Young was talking about it, maybe you've seen it recently where he said the average person loses seven significant relationships in their lifetime. The average minister loses seven significant relationships a year. So why so, is that? Well, I don't know.
0: I It's think, people coming and going to church or leaving the church, I guess, or you're changing your community. I would assume that's what he's talking about.
1: I think there's a lot of those factors. I think we have a transient nature that we've continuing to increase. So that's because they leave because of job or transfer or, you know, reassignment. I think we also see a a transient nature in their affiliation. It used to be when you were a kid, people were called to the church and they would stay 10 pastors deep and go, well, God called me here and I'm going to stay here and I'm going to outlast this guy. We don't see that anymore. Now you see ministries that are national ministries that go, hey, we're online. You don't have to attend your local church. You just tied the, uh, you just watch us. And there's no glue, there's no stick, there's no punch. Right. So, you know, the average guy or gal that's out there slinging, you know, doing good work, God's work in in their small town or whatever, they're having to to compete, if you will, with these large ministries that don't actually care like a local church cares.
0: Yeah, and when you talk about that statistic from Ed Young, losing seven significant relationships a year, and when that's what ministry really is all about, it's about relationships. That's a thats a pretty serious issue, and to find a way to help people who consistently, you know, daily are in this, it's nearly a grief and loss situation. How do we help them on a regular basis to overcome those those feelings, that impact that takes place on, on their lives, on their family, on their ministry?
1: And ministry is such a unique environment because it's based on not just, I have a call, okay, that's great. But you get up there every week, you prepare a message, you deliver your best, you disciple people and scripture talks about this they're sheep without a shepherd and they bite and they get mad and they get cranky and they get sick and so you're up there you're giving out this energy and if they're indifferent or they don't show up it suddenly starts to feel very personal and then you layer on this idea and scripture talks about this when the enemy comes to so, the throne room and says, Hey, can I sift this person? That's the word that scripture uses. Can I come and can I test them? And, and God gives permission, which is very strange theologically. And yet, I think in ministry, there are multiple moments where the enemy uses these wounds of relationship, these wounds that come from a network that didn't live up to expectation these insecurities and undealt with wounds that we carry around with us from childhood. And all of a sudden, we see either ministers go forward or they stop or they quit or they take breaks. And that's where I talk about this a lot. First Kings 19, you see Elijah. We know this passage. He comes off of his greatest ministry where the prophets of Baal are there. Fire comes down from heaven. He intercedes. There's the little cloud. And all of a sudden, rain starts coming. And what does he do? He runs off in the middle of the desert and goes, I am alone, and I wish that I could die. He doesn't even have the strength to kill himself. He wishes God would kill him. And God's response is loving and graceful and simply says, would you eat and would you sleep? And then he says, do it again. He asks him to do it twice. He goes from there to the mountain where he's able to discern not the fire, not the wind, but the still small voice. And then what does God call Elijah to do? Go back and be a prophet. And I think that is where we find if we can help people in that moment of isolation and that moment where often they're running on adrenaline, their chemicals in their mind and body are, are off whack. We can give them rest. We can give them peace. We can let them know that God loves them. God sees them and they're not alone. Their denomination Their district, their network loves them, sees it. So we do a partnership with networks specifically because we want them to know that not only are we there, but somebody else is as well. If we were just alone, it wouldn't have the same punch as it does when you partner with a strategic network in that healing and help process.
0: Corey, you have some other amazing statistics about the number of people who are leaving ministry on a regular basis, how many say they want to leave or wish they could leave. Tell us about some of those, if you could, briefly.
1: Well, unfortunately, I don't know that we have any up-to-date or good statistics of who actually are leaving. Barna is the closest we have, the Barna Research Group. They say that it's up to 42% over the last few years who have seriously contemplating quitting full-time ministry. That's scary. Rick, you've been in full-time ministry a long time, and I'm sure you've heard the adage, never quit
0: on a Monday (laughs) or Tuesday, Wednesday. Like, life gets better throughout the week. Mondays are rough. Yeah. That's when all the armchair quarterbacks are calling you to let you know what you did wrong or why you should have done something differently or you're second-guessing what it was your message was and... Did it really have the impact it was supposed to? Yeah, it's it, Mondays are rough days.
1: Well, and I was portable church, move in, move out, set up, tear down for man twelve years of the twenty years of church planning, and so it was physically exhausting for
0: yeah, no as doubt. Well. And most of our parishioners see pastoral ministry as just a job. Hey, I get up and go to a job every day. So you work on Sundays, but you don't work the other days. Yes, you do. It's like you never have a day off because you're always, Sunday's done. You know what happens Sunday afternoon? You start preparing for next week. It's it's the craziest kind of job that, that exists, I think, one of the craziest jobs in the world. For yeah.
1: sure. Uh, Mark Buchanan, uh, I don't know if you've read any of his work, great author. He's got a couple books. One of them, he talks about uh, Sabbath you know, for the parishioner, for sure. Life's tough. I mean, you're running kids here, there, and everywhere. You're ground on our culture, our society, even our online presence, the fact that we can get begotten to, if that's the right word, but people can get a hold of us at any time. It's very difficult. Then you compound that to ministry. We just weren't designed to live at such a pace and to be so bombarded by messaging and communication and culture. You know, you go back to the agrarian society that uh, we see Jesus living in. He walked most places. His ministry operated at whatever the speed that he could walk. And so we're in a situation where we're sprinting most of the time. That's a very damaging challenging difficult situation and it messes with the chemical compounds of your brain if you've done any brain studies what you find is that when we start moving into utilizing our like our our serotonin and our comfort and our compassion chemicals go down And we move into adrenaline and we're pumping and we're moving. And when you've got a seven day cycle and you've got to suddenly compete with some of these big names that are out there, it creates this culture and this drive within us where we're just worn out. Then you compound financial loss and difficulty or sacrifice and personal emotional loss. And it's it's a a real cascade moment for those in ministry if we're not careful. Let
0: me take a moment, Tori, to remind our listeners that feedback really is important to us. If you have a suggestion for a guest or for a topic, please let us know. You can drop us an email at info and we'll work on incorporating that topic or that guest into our podcast schedule. I really do appreciate both your feedback and your input. My name is Rick Shields and I'm speaking today with Tori Farina, who with his wife, Elizabeth founded and are the executive directors of Rev Fresh. It's a nonprofit organization that strives to refresh ministry leaders through tangible resources that meet personal needs and also encourages generous living. Tori, we've spoken about some of the, the problems that ministers face. You've shared some startling statistics with us. How has Rev Fresh helped to turn things around in the lives and ministries of some of these people we're speaking about?
1: Well, I think the old adage, you can't help everybody. So you do for one what you wish you could do for all, is true. When my wife and I were younger in ministry, our church was booming, life was going well on the outside. But on the inside, we were having a difficult time. She was pregnant, very sick, had hyperemesis, and then had a stroke when my son was born. And it was very difficult. We called our our leaders and just said, hey, we don't know that we can keep going at this pace. And for sure, we're, my wife's sick. We, we are under it, under the gun. And they said, why don't you take some time off? And a friend of ours gave us a place on Minnesota Key. Uh, we drove up and they said, it's, a, it's just a nice little beach house. Well, it was a $2 million property. We could never have stayed there, never afforded it. And for uh, a little over two weeks, every day we opened the windows, the fresh air came in. Every night we watched the sun set and healing came to my wife. We just took time to breathe without the burden of responsibility. And we came away from there and I thought, Man, I wish every minister I knew had a friend like this. Fast forward 13, 15 years later, that was really the instigation for the idea of RevFresh. And so what we look to do is to find something, whether it be a vacation, a sabbatical, something in their tangible life, that their house, the whether it be a medical issue, we kind of dial down what is it that would bring lift to the heart that would help them know they're not alone and that they're not forgotten. And then we fund it. And I built this, I actually interviewed the Make-A-Wish Foundation in our area. And so we modeled what we do a lot after that, where every project is different, because every family, every situation is different, but we're constantly looking for a unique something that would lift the heart and impact and help them. And so we've seen fixing teeth that this family could not afford of a daughter who actually when she would bite her her teeth would hurt she couldn't eat hard things like apples and that sort of thing we've helped people put in countertops we've sent people on multi-week sabbaticals where we funded the housing and they took care of other things we sent one family they had to leave the field because of a long prolonged damage that COVID had done to her lungs we actually sent them out into the desert. They got an amazing time out in San Diego, California area. And then she spent about four weeks in Mexico where she was able to do some therapies in the dry air. And they're going back to the mission field predominantly because they took the space and time and we helped fund it to get healthy and to work on those things. And so we've seen a lift. You know, some of it is we don't know the end result, but I do know that when you take a moment, you take the pressure off and people recognize that God loves them, God sees them, and they're not alone. I keep rephrasing that because that is the phrase that we want people to come away from. And we find that there's uh, fruit and that there's longevity and that there's a difference in rhythm
0: and pace afterwards. We got about a minute left, Tori. Can you tell me Excited to hear how you guys are helping others. But how is it that others can help you at Fresh?
1: Yeah, we're constantly looking for those who have a heart to bless ministers and go, hey, I would do more if I knew more people. And uh, I've got a number of folks that are on deck that we are wanting to fund projects and wanting to send them places. And so you can donate, whether it's you've got timeshares that you're not going to use, Uh, or whether it's you've got a vacation house that you go, you know what, it's sitting empty a couple weeks a year. I'd love to put a minister in there. That's super easy and fun, and you'll get a cool letter from them that just says what impact that was for you. For others, maybe it's cash. Maybe you just go, I don't have that, but I could certainly fund the $5,000 that we spend on a project or a few hundred dollars to help them with gas or something getting to where they're going. And then for others, maybe you just go, hey, I'm going to pray for these pastors because I didn't realize what they go through. But if you'd like to be a part of that, that's how you can. If you're a network and you want to have RevFresh as a part of what you do, we are looking, we're slowly expanding into new
0: networks. And so we'd love to have that conversation with you as well. And you can sign up to be a part of this network at RevFresh.org. You can also get information there. You can donate there. There are all sorts of ways that you can be involved with Refresh through the website. Absolutely. Thank you, Tori. I appreciate this. I hope maybe we can come back again in a few months and talk about more of the successes that you're finding, and also maybe talk about some of the things that we can do to help combat this historic, systemic epidemic that's going on in the lives of ministers and in Churches, especially rural churches throughout the United States. This has been good. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed our podcast and will follow us or subscribe so you can be notified when new podcasts are released. And please consider sharing it with a friend. Until next time, this is Rick Shields. And on behalf of the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network, here's my prayer for you. May you have rest when you need it, strength when you want it, and joy when you least expect it. Until next time, may the Lord bless you as you follow after Him.